Hey everyone, welcome to another Devo with Pat and Jamie. We are again doing parables. We are in our third parable. Is this our third or our fourth? This will be our fourth. Fourth parable. And uh, I think when we did the first two, we realized that they had explanations going with them. That's right. And then the, the one after that didn't. And this one doesn't either. All right. That means we can that means we can choose our own adventure. <laughs> I we like decide what it means. I like the way you said that. Choose our own adventure. Well, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid I got these books called Choose Your Own Adventure books. And you would read them and it would tell you where to go next. So it would say, Well, if you think that the if you think the treasure hunters should go into the forest or go to the beach, you get to choose and you'd flip to a different page. Oh. And so the book might be like 50, 60, 70 pages long, but to read one version of the story might only take five or six pages. Whoa. So it's kind of a good way to look like you're reading a long book, but not actually reading it. <laughs> yeah, but you're flipping pages a ton. A lot. <laughs> that doesn't really work out. Well, it was fun. <laughs> but we're not going to be flipping any pages because we are looking at scripture digitally today. And, uh, and we're looking at the parable of the net. Uh, that's right. It's out of Matthew chapter 13 and it starts at verse 47 and we're just going to read uh, through verse 52. So here we go. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled up, pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw away the bad. This is how it will be at the end of age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as the old. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this isn't one of the most popular parables. Yeah, it's very short, but yeah, it's not super popular. How do you how do you gauge the popularity? You just based off of how you know, much you know I, about it? I, I, I gauge it based on maybe how much I know about it or based on how often I hear it preached or taught on in churches. And there's some parables that you never hear about. And this is one I don't think I've ever heard someone do a full sermon. Hmm. On the parable of the net. Well, here, here we are. We are the first. <laughs> well, let's let's jump in. Verse 47. Yeah. He says once again. Why does he say once again? Because we are in a section that has a bunch of parables. Yeah. It's and just like parables, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> yeah. And those parables are talking about the kingdom of heaven. So again, the kingdom of heaven, this is where God rules, where God reigns, where God is in charge. And you might be thinking, wait a minute. God rules and reigns everywhere. God is in charge everywhere. Uh, and you would be correct. God is in charge everywhere. But when we talk about the kingdom of heaven, it actually has a lot to do with our response to that kingdom and to God's rule and God's reign. So it's kind of like where God's people actually are paying attention, uh, where people are actually following, uh, where people are actually putting God in God's rightful place, meaning on the throne. People are worshiping God as who God is. So the kingdom of heaven, this is this big giant idea that comes out of the New Testament. The best way I think to think of it is wherever God is in charge. And that is here on earth and that is in heaven. It's like a net 
It was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. Pat, you ever been fishing with a net? Not not like what's in this parable. I've only ever taken a little net. You know, if you catch a really big fish with a fishing line and you're out fishing and you dunk the net in to kind of help you get it into the boat, I've taken that out and tried to catch a few fish with just that before. But not, not like a big net that, you know, you scoop up a bunch of fish, kind of surprise them. So you've done like SpongeBob SquarePants uh, jellyfish fishing. Yeah. With like a little tiny net running, prancing around, going la, 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 la. Yeah, I have. Taking swipes at jellyfish and whatever you could see. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I have not fished with a net like the ones they're talking about. So the nets they're talking about in here, and by the way, Jesus is telling this parable to some people who were fishermen who did fish with nets. So this was this was like their bread and butter. This was their every day. This was not just something that they knew how to do because they took a class on fishing. This is something that their families taught them to do as small children and that they learned how to do along the way and that they were very good at. So these were expert fishermen at fishing with nets in the lake. And Jesus is saying, well, the kingdom of heaven... Right? It's like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. Now, this is normal. When you go fishing and you use a net and you use these big giant nets, you catch a lot of different kinds of fish. Now, nets are a little are a little unique in the size, the way they work, the, the style that they work in. Uh, I was on a, uh, uh, in an oceanography class and we were on a research vessel and they would do these nets where they would drop down to the bottom and they would just sort of go a little bit with this net hanging. It wasn't a very big net from the back of the ship, and they just pick up whatever they could from the bottom, and then they would hoist it up, open that sucker up, and you'd see everything that they got. Yeah. And it was a way to see, like, what was on the bottom. And I got to tell you, man, I was amazed at how many different kinds of things were in that net. <laughs> I bet. That sounds there crazy. Was like, yeah, there was, like, all sorts of weird stuff. Uh, different little animals and critters and shellfish and and uh, actual fish and all kinds of stuff like that. Now, years ago, my uh, my dad was in Alaska and he worked there on a uh, at a a facility that would launch salmon fishing boats and there are these little two man salmon fishing boats and so two people would go out and catch salmon and come back and his job was to like keep the place up and 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 he said, hey. Uh, what if I wanted to catch some salmon? Like, what's the best way to do it? Should I just get like, you know, a fishing rod and a pole and go catch some <laughs> salmon? And the guys that were messing with him and they're like, here's what you do. You take this gill net and go, go string it across this little river, like all the way across and let it sit overnight and then come back the next day and see what you get. And so he did it. And the guys didn't think he was actually going to do that. They, they were messing with him. Because, by the way, it's highly illegal to fish like that <laughs> during salmon season. Yeah. Uh, you're basically blocking off, like, an entire... And so my dad did it. He went to look, and the net was chock full of giant salmon. Oh, like, yeah. More than you could ever take with you. And it was, like, going to break. <laughs> yeah. So nets work. Nets are great at catching fish. Better than a fishing rod or a lure or however you want to catch fish. <laughs> yeah. The element of surprise with the net, <laughs> the fish. I guess, or it's just like, how do you get a, how do you get away from a net? Yeah, you, you can't. It's always too late <laughs> once you realize. So anyway, Jesus is talking to uh, a lot of fishermen 
so people that are familiar with the equipment that he's talking about and they are catching all sorts of kind all sorts of fish supposedly in this hypothetical lake now what what kind of fish do you think they were getting oh man i don't know my species of uh fish in this particular er- area um, I know that in some places, uh, they catch a lot of little tiny fish, uh, and are like kind of, you know, not like big giant ones, but a whole bunch of little ones, but I have no idea what they were catching back then. Well, okay. You just went on a fishing trip to the, to the Midwest. What oh, kind yeah, of fish yeah. were you going through there? Well, at, we were looking for the river we're in, there's trout. And, uh, what we were looking for is actually smallmouth bass that are kind of along the edges. We didn't have much luck, but uh, that was something we were going for. Oh, well, sorry about the no luck. Verse 48, when it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the the bat away. So they're just going through picking the ones that they want and tossing the ones they don't or the ones that might be dead. I know from my limited experience fishing in the Midwest and in a lake, there's a lot of lake fish that just aren't good eating. You don't, you catch them and then you release them. Cause that's kind of, you don't, they're bottom feeders or some of them have a lot of, uh, bones. You don't want to eat those or, you know, and there's a lot of restrictions on sizes. So they're probably going through and saying, Oh, this fish is a bottom feeder. Let's chuck this one. This fish, isn't very good to eat because it's it's really fat. Let's chuck that one. Yeah. You know, I did a little I did a Google search, Pat, to see what kind of fish Jesus was eating. And the the uh the word on the street from tradition and maybe from some archaeology is tilapia. Oh wow. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Tilapia is a fish a lot of people like because it's kind of mild in flavor. It's not like a stinky fish or anything. So verse 49, this is kind of where the, the Jesus gets into the teaching part. It says, this is how it will be at the end of the age. Wow. (laughs) Right off the bat, big sentence. Then he says, the angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. (laughs) So he goes from a nice little fishing net fishing trip to uh, the end of age and blazing furnaces and gnashing of teeth. (laughs) Crazy, right? So we talked about the kingdom of heaven being something that's happening now. This parable looks like it's really looking towards the future, right? Mm -hmm. Because verse 49, right? This is how it'll be at the end of the age. Um, the angels are going to come and separate the wicked from the righteous. Now, man, in, in a lot of ways in the world right now, we probably all feel like we're caught in the same net. Yeah. You know? Like the restrictions from COVID, uh, they're catching people who are sick and people who aren't sick. Every, everyone has to deal with it. You know, not going to school. Uh, everyone has to deal with it. it. It seems like everyone in the world right now is dealing with something. Uh, and we're all caught up kind of in the same boat, so to speak, right? So this is kind of a part of what Jesus is saying about the kingdom of God. And similar to the other parable we heard before about the wheat and the harvest and uh, the wheat and the weeds growing up at the same time. It's kind of like that. There's a net, it gets pulled in and good people, bad people or people who are chosen and people maybe who are not. Um, you know, he uses a very simple, simple phrase here. The good fish 
and the bad ones. Yep. It doesn't give a lot of explanation about what makes something good and what makes something bad. Uh, The word that's used for bad uh, can be bad or worthless or rotten. Oh, wow. Wow. So, yeah. (laughs) The the rotten fiction. (laughs) And then the word, it says, you know, that God is going to separate the wicked from the righteous, which wicked can mean evil. Uh, Righteous is is righteous, just righteous. This is kind of looking at, like you said, this is a little strange. The kingdom of heaven is like kind of now, but this is looking at something in the future. What do you, what do you think your interpretation of all of this is? Yeah. You know, it's not a popular interpretation because people don't like to think about heaven and hell, you know? Yeah. And there's this classic idea of heaven and hell. And um, when we think about heaven and hell, we usually think about like a demon with a pitchfork. That's the devil who uh, takes us down to a place of fire where we're eternally tortured and everything's bad. And when we think about heaven, we think about living in the clouds, wearing a little (laughs) halo, uh, or a lot of people just think that possibly heaven is where you get everything you ever wanted um, and where everything is perfect and where you live in a big giant mansion. And, you know, there's all these, there's all these understandings of it. But if we look at the Bible and we really kind of dig in, we see that heaven really is to be in the presence of God. Uh, heaven is like a giant worship service. Uh, it's being, it's being um, close to God. It's worshiping God with all that you are in community. Uh, it's being the church. So when the church is actually being the church, like helping others out and worshiping God uh, and doing those things, it's like a taste or a foretaste of heaven. It's like we're getting a little experience of what heaven is going to be like. Mm -hmm. So maybe you've been in the worship service and like the music was like beautiful uh, and, and everyone there just seemed to have the same heart and the same spirit and they were worshiping God. And it just seemed like you were in an otherworldly place. Yeah. That's like a little taste of maybe, you know, a little bit of what heaven would be like. Yeah. Now, hell, on the other hand, is is described here as being a place of weeping. So crying and gnashing of teeth. Uh, gnashing of teeth is, again, kind of one of those weird ideas. But the <laughs> Bible mentions that, I think, a couple times. I think twice in Matthew, it, it, it talks about hell as being a place of gnashing of teeth. Basically, we look at it and we're like, yeah, that's not, that's not like where we want to be. That doesn't <laughs> right. sound like the place we want to be at. Right. So when I look at this and I interpret it, I think, well, there will be a time where the world is judged. There will be a second coming of Christ. Uh, there will be a judgment. And we don't know uh, when. We don't even really know exactly what that, that will look like. A lot of people try to like come up with exactly what that looks like. They'll say, oh, it's going to look exactly like this. Uh, and we don't really know. Um, and Jesus even says that he didn't even know. When he was there um, on earth, he said not even the son knows the time, only the father. Mm. So, which is kind of a crazy thought. That right. even Jesus himself was like, yeah, I don't know when this is going to happen. And so if some pastor out there is like, oh, here's when it's going to happen. Um, you probably shouldn't believe that because Jesus himself said, I don't know. Just God, like God, the father knows. Yeah. Um, but all that to say, there will be a time of judgment. And we don't like to talk about judgment because judgment for us is a dirty word in our in our like lifestyle. You don't want to judge anyone, right? Right. Um, 
being judgmental is always bad. No one's like, no one goes to a judge and was like, Hey, you know what? Uh, you're, you're very judgmental. And I really appreciate that about you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Being judgmental is like a dirty word, but at the same time, if we stop and we think about it right now, all of this racial justice stuff that's going on, it's because people want justice right? and justice requires judgment. Right. And so when people are just fairly, a judgment has to be given. And, uh, for a lot of folks out there, who uh, are people of color, they haven't had a fair, a fair shake. Uh, and there's been, um, uh, there's been situations where frankly justice hasn't happened. Right. And so the judgment has been wrong. Um, so it's not that someone judged too severely. It's typically that uh, there hasn't been justice, which means there hasn't been judgment. So judgment isn't always bad. Right. Now, I say all that, but then I have to look at these two specific examples. There's two specific words that are here, right? Uh, this will help. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked, which are the evil, the evil from the righteous. Right. And righteous is kind of like a tough word because if we think about it, we have no business being righteous. Like I can't be righteous in and of myself. I can't be righteous before God. When we look at judgment and we look at angels separating the wicked from the righteous. In my mind, I'm thinking, well, that should be a pretty easy job. You know, they're all bad eggs, right? Yeah. <laughs> all those fish are rotten. Right. <laughs> in that net. Who's going to be just? We look at it too and think, well, who is just? We can only be just and righteous because of Jesus. And so we get to have uh, the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God gets to be on us because of Jesus and because of accepting him. And that's the good news, man. That's the good news of the gospel. I think that the disciples or the, at least the group, the disciples and whoever else was standing around, I think that they were an awfully smart group of people because it kind of makes it seems like Jesus asked them immediately after talking, have you understood all of these things? And they all said, yes, <laughs> but I don't know how truthful they were in their yes, because this is like a loaded few, uh, loaded little message. And they seem to get it right off the bat. It's funny. They say yes. I kind of wonder if they don't really know. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have you understood all these things? And like no one wants to say, uh, it's kind of like when the teacher in class is like, okay, you guys understand? And every, like no one understands, but no one's brave enough to say no. <laughs> right. Or, and finally that one like brave kid is like, um, I don't quite get it. And everyone like gives a sigh of relief because they're like, oh yeah, <laughs> I didn't get, I have no idea what they're talking about. I'm wondering if that's happening here. And I don't know either way. Right. I mean, uh, maybe they did lie to Jesus. Maybe they didn't. Jesus explains a little bit about the kingdom of God and uh, tells us about how the judgment is going to be made even though it's weird to talk about, talks about the, the angel and the coming to separate the wicked from the righteous. And it's in the Bible. So we yeah. get to study it. We get to analyze it and learn about it because uh, it's and, there for a reason. Yeah. And there's a good, and there's good news in it. And the good news is that um, there will be a judgment. And I know a judgment is only good news for people who are righteous. And because of Christ, we can be righteous. Um, the Bible even tells us that we can be the righteousness of God because of Jesus. And that is so cool. Um, and so judgment is something that we welcome. Uh, I mean, maybe you can think of it like, you know, you're, you finally get the ultimate judgment that you're off the hook. Uh, and if you're not worried, um, 
and upset about that, that's great. And that just means that you have this faith in Jesus. And so that's why faith in Jesus is a big deal. Yeah. Um, I will say this though. It's a terrible idea to run towards God because you're afraid of the devil. Hmm. Now it's always a good idea to run towards God, right? But typically you want to run towards God because of God's goodness and God's love and God's open arms. If you're only running away from something that's bad um, and you're not running towards something that's good, uh, that that can be a little bit problematic uh, because you're spending too much of your time and attention focused on the bad. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think sometimes Christians get a little uh, too focused on um, the evil and the bad, and they spend all their time talking about what's evil and what's bad. And I would say, well, wait a minute, you're spending way too much time talking about what's evil and what's bad. Let's focus on what's good. Yeah. Let's focus on the love of Christ. Let's focus on the new life that we get in Christ. Let's focus on gratitude and thanksgiving and all of the good things that we know about. And that evil stuff, yeah, we'll, we'll deal with it. Uh, God ultimately will deal with it. Um, but I have ran into some some uh, particular groups of Christians who spend almost all their time talking about the evil. That's not good, only talking about it, but acknowledging that it's in there is uh, what we also need to do. And I, I would also say here, th- this last little line is interesting, 52. Oh, yeah. I forgot because that we, it, uh, we studied that too. Yeah, we went over that. It's interesting. I don't know if I've ever really like stopped and paid attention to it until today, which is weird. So Jesus is saying every teacher of the law, which teacher of the laws in those days were important people. There are people who were scribes and teachers. They, they paid attention to the Old Testament, right? So every Old Testament scholar who has become a disciple of the kingdom of heaven, so a follower of Jesus, is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. And this is a great passage from Jesus talking about how the Old Testament is an old treasure. It's still good. We don't want to ignore it just because Jesus showed up. Yeah. But we also want to be a disciple of the kingdom of heaven and look to that new treasure uh, of Jesus and him coming to earth and all of that too. So if you're studying the Bible, know that, that the old treasures of the Old Testament are still treasures. The new treasures of the New Testament are still uh, treasures as well. Amen. And Patrick, you, my friend, are a treasure. (laughs) Thanks. You're a treasure too. And all of our listeners are treasures as well. So thanks for checking out today's Devo. We indeed are rich. And we will talk to you again soon. Bye, everyone. Bye.